Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. Right back in your lives, it is Shout a Buffalo Bills football podcast, the first of many observations edition. There was a Bills practice, which means I was out there. He's Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. We were going to break down everything that happened at rookie minicamp. So most of the players here, I got the whole list here. It's mostly uh, tryout guys, right? Um, a lot of red names, a lot of people that we won't be talking about even as early as next week. But there were a few people in particular that I was paying close attention to today, and we're going to flesh that out a little bit. Talk to Brandon Bean, Dalton Kincaid, and Osiris Torrance after practice. A lot to get into here, Ryan. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. You know, uh, first rookie minicamp practice. It's always good to talk about some actual meaningful uh, football here. Seriously. And speaking of meaningful, um, it would touch our hearts if you save the date, May 20th. Uh, added it to your calendar. It is shout live at Wingnuts, beers, wings, bills. It's going to be awesome. Come out anytime after six o'clock. We'll have the live show for you at 730. Uh, the in-house experience. Now you can hear the show. Um, it'll be obviously broadcast live as well. And then we'll spend some time after hanging out beforehand too, just talking. Uh, what did you think of the Bills draft? What did you wish that they did? What are you looking for ahead of training camp? And then obviously we'll get into all that fun stuff as well. So I think the only place to start, Ryan, is Dalton Kincaid from yeah. Rookie Minicamp today. I think it's important to know this is his first football activity since the back injury last year. Uh, doctors cleared him shortly before the draft, sent out a note to all the teams interested um, around the league, uh, gave him full clearance. So he said a little bit today was about knocking the rust off. But man, it was an active practice for Dalton Kincaid. There were, um, you know, obviously routes versus error are one thing, but there's a lot to get into even when they uh, went into some 11 on 11, a uh, bunch of different opportunities for him as a pass catcher. He dropped one. Um, I think there was three or four other plays that he made during the team stuff. Uh, all were catches and you saw flashes of the stuff that we've talked about uh, over the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's just, he's very crisp. He's very fluid. The way that he runs out there, it's just like 
everything has a purpose. And that was what I took away from the first time seeing him. And then we got a chance to talk to Brandon Bean. Sean McDermott was supposed to talk. He was a little bit under the weather. So Brandon came and talked uh, to the media instead. And I asked him about what's been different since you got him in the building, right? Because you, you have all this time where you spend scouting the player, trying to learn as much about him as you can, but you don't really have access to him like you do when he gets to town. And he said, it's um, unbelievable to watch him work because he called him steady Eddie. He never gets too high, never gets too low. He makes a good play. It's the same thing. Very steady. He makes a bad play. He's right back in the huddle. He's ready to go on to the next play. The facial expressions don't change. It's actually really impressive to watch. I thought it was a, a really nice day. You don't take too much from the, the stats of it all, right? Like three or four catches, one drop. Okay. Um, the one drop was, a, it was a tough play in the, in the quarterbacks. Let's, let's, this is Josh Allen out there throwing the ball. These two, uh, you know, tryout players at at quarterback, Quinton Dormady and Jalen McClendon. Uh, I don't think they're going to be hanging around uh, for uh, training camp, but a nice start for Dalton Kincaid. You know, I'm glad you used the word fluid. I was going to use that word. No wasted motions. Uh, I saw that a lot in his game tape at Utah, and there were just video clips shared here and there on social media today. But you saw it. Cat brings in the catch, turns up field, and he goes and. He has a plan with the ball. The Bills like him because of the ways they can utilize him. He is not just a tight end. He can be that big slot for the team. You can do different formations with him. And you got to kind of see a little bit of it today, a small taste. Uh, And, you know, I'm glad you brought up the back injury, this being his first time out there since then. Without that back injury, I don't think the Bills come close to being able to get him in this year's draft. So while it's probably a concern to some teams, uh, that might have been the reason why he was able to fall into those 20s where Buffalo could then grab him and utilize him. And I think he has all the makings of being a weapon in this offense, Matt. Yeah, and I think that the one thing that stood out too when we got to talk to him after practice was he was asked if he had talked to Josh Allen yet. And Josh Allen actually spoke about this on the Kyle Brandt podcast earlier this week that he hasn't really spent any time yet interacting with him. And Kincaid made up, brought up a good point. It's like, when you first meet somebody, right? Of course they exchange the text around the draft. It's important to like have that in-person experience, you know, to start building the relationship. And it's almost like maybe they're just waiting for that part of it. Um, obviously Josh Allen kind of running around doing a lot of different things. Um, was at the Kentucky Derby recently, probably playing a lot of golf. Uh, Kincaid's a big golfer too. So I'm sure they'll probably get together at some point on the golf course. But I think that he just, he seems really comfortable in the role. And I think that he was always going to be that like as a pass catcher, um, we can't really go too much into where he lined up, but I can say there was one rep. Actually, let me bring it up here against, uh, he went against multiple and I didn't write my story yet. So this isn't all offhand. I'm going off of my notes. Uh, he lined up several times with UDFA Kyler McMichael. Uh, there were two or three instances where they went back and forth. And I thought McMichael, uh, did pretty well for himself. Like I'll, I'll give him a shout out here. You're going against a, a first round draft pick as a UDFA guy uh, in practice. And, and that was uh, really good. And there was actually the one incomplete pass. Sorry, I got to get out my handy dandy notebook here. So while you're um, looking, Bill's my oh, like yeah. just notebook. First of all, like I'm with Matt at training camp a little bit here and there. Um, Matt misses calling being a doctor because he's the only one that can probably read those notes, but he takes the most detailed notes. So as he's going through this right now, he's looking for the exact play and 
Uh, I'm sure he'll have some some great notes on what happened here. So yeah, someone that's so seen I'll that notebook firsthand. Go ahead. Listen, I got I don't have glasses, but I might need them. Uh, reading some of this uh, chicken scratch. Uh, on his first rep, um, he beat uh, number uh, McMichael off the line. It was a really really nice move, and uh, number four. Sorry, um, Quinton Dormady. Um, threw the ball was batted down uh, by Marvin Wilson. He is a um, tryout player, defensive tackle. Um, I gotta find this one. You're right, Ryan. I gotta take better notes. This is no, this is. You do take good notes, but real quick, Marvin Wilson. That's a, a guy that I was interested in a few years ago. He went undrafted. Um, I believe he played at Florida State, if I'm remembering correctly. Big, big tackle has been in. He was in the league, I want to say, with the Cleveland Browns. But I was interested to see him on that tryout list. I like that the Bills are are turning over, you know, leaving no stern stones unturned in terms of Marvin Wilson, Shane Ray, a 2015 first round pick. I mean, they're bringing in all these options to, to try to find someone that can maybe help them on that defensive line. So I did like that. Shane Ray was an interesting one, and Brandon Bean was asked about that today, and he said, listen, we didn't um, – the Bills didn't have an edge rusher that they landed in the draft or even anybody that they're, uh, you know, over, they're, they're excited about Klein, the, the kid that they picked up last week, and he mentioned that as well. But this is another guy that obviously has some pedigree. It didn't work out for him. I believe he played a little bit in the CFL. Bring him into camp. See if he's somebody that you want to extend an invitation or, or you want to sign him for training camp. We'll see. But he also, Brandon Bean did not close the door on potentially signing another edge rusher, a veteran guy to, to kind of throw into the mix ahead of training camp. And there are some great names. And we've talked about some of those players that are still available on the market off the edge. And, and maybe it won't be one of those premier players, but there are suddenly some level two, level three guys becoming available that have been let go elsewhere in this league or that are still sitting out there. So I'm sure that if the Bills don't like what they have in the room or, and are looking for more options, and when I say don't like what they have, don't like the amount of depth that they have. When they go into training camp, they want to have battles at all positions. So um, it wouldn't shock me if they did address that whatsoever with one of the names that are still in the market. Uh, the one drop was when, um, I believe it was McClendon saw some pressure up the middle. He was looking to get rid of it. Uh, he was looking for, uh, Kincaid and it was defensive tackle DJ Dale, who the bills signed as an undrafted free agent going one-on-one with Osiris Torrance won that matchup a little bit, gets into the backfield, gets his hands up. And again, listen, there's no pad. So you don't want to overreact to this kind of stuff. Quarterback tries to get rid of it. It wasn't a great ball, but Kincaid's not able to, you know, bring it in. But two plays later, um, after a Jalen Wayne catch, it was really nice. And I wrote it down in my in my notebook here. Uh, kind of took it up the right sideline. Um, high ball. Um, McMichael in coverage again. Kincaid goes up and gets it. And it's like, wow, that's where you start to see the athleticism. It was a high ball. He had to really get up and high point the thing makes it and there was never a doubt and so again rookie minicamp you don't want to overreact to this stuff ryan i i did upload a a video clip here i'm debuting it before putting it out on any of my social media platforms because why not give the podcast listeners the first look
Nothing too spicy, but just quick look at Dalton Kincaid. Why not? We're out of practice. We want to bring you onto the field with us for the time uh, that we're able to put uh, to be out there. But I think overall, a really nice first practice for the tight end um, who some want to call a wide receiver. Yeah. And uh, again, you said it. it's, it's rookie mini camp. You don't want to get too high, too low, but he made a play, he made a, a noteworthy play. And that's better than just saying, well, it was, he was, it was a quiet day for him. He didn't really do much. You would rather have him have those standout moments. Uh, you mentioned Jalen Wade, cousin, I believe of Reggie Wayne. I don't think nephew, I think cousin uh, interesting, you know, bloodlines there. The bills have some intriguing names. Then you also mentioned DJ Dale, formerly of Alabama. So, you know, the the UDFAs are, are almost just as interesting as some of these rookies that they drafted coming in here, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, not the UDFAs will stick around, but who in, on these mini-camp tryouts, do any of them end up landing a contract with this team? Something to certainly watch. It's always funny to be back out at the practice field for the first time, get that first kind of shade of sunburn, and I know a lot of Bills fans end up yelling at me like, you know, wear some sunscreen and – Everything like that, I know I'm so, I'm so bad at it. I got, I got to do better at wearing sunscreen. But I, I, I'm weird. Like, I like that first kind of, like, sun of the year because I feel like it gets me into football mode, right? Like, I, it, it, I don't know. It's like a mental mindset thing. I, I really like that. I, I know that's probably horrible. No, it, it might be. I, I, you know, I have something where I have too many red blood cells, so my skin's already pretty red. So when I get a sunburn, like, I'm, like, deep red, almost purple, and – People like will look at me with a, a high level of concern. So I definitely have to stay on top of that when it comes to the sunscreen. But yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I mean, it, it means that that warmer weather is here. Uh, it means the weather that we've been waiting for for months is finally here. So I get it. It's, it's football weather. You go out there, you're doing your job and you get a little bit of color uh, along the way. What is your like if you're looking at. The rookies, um, I, I didn't get a, a, a lot of looks at Dorian Williams today, and I was kind of disappointed about that. I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more of him, maybe see some of that speed flash out there. But again, without pads, it's hard to really take anything away from it. From it. Um, I have another clip here of uh, Kincaid. Let me play that before we move on. But I thought Torrance today, like, let's move on to him for a few moments. I don't have a lot on Dorian Williams. Sorry if you were tuning in for that. Um, Torrance was, I was watching him specifically. Brandon Bean mentioned it afterwards. Torrance mentioned it as well. I think we could kind of talk about that. He kind of played both spots. And so I think the question was, all right, what's your plan for them? And Brandon Bean said, there is no plan right now, definitively. They want to work him at both spots. And I thought that. He looked comfortable out there. And again, he's going to get up against guys that, you know, it's going to be totally different in a week, right? Like it's going to be a different level of competition, different level of experience right now. Uh, he was even talking about playing next to his old buddy, Richard garage there uh, who, who was, who was standing next to him uh, during a lot of reps. And they thought, talked about how cool that was going from Florida to now with the bills. And then on the other side of the, or uh, outs on the outside of the, Justin Shorter there is there as well. That's very rare to have three teammates in one rookie minicamp. So that's kind of a cool little side story. But I thought first impression is I was expecting Torrance to look bigger and he plays big enough. Like it, you feel like some of the power when you're watching him, when guys are going up against them, there was that one rep by DJ Dale that I mentioned, but he didn't overwhelm me with the size profile 
And again, there's no pads yet. And I think part of the size, um, you know, element that that comes into play is when you watch a guy in pads play and, and move people, right? Especially in, in the, on those line moves, uh, plays. Um, but that was one thing. He just, he looked a little bit smaller than I was anticipating. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hmm. You know, that, that is interesting to me. And, you know, Cyrus Torrance is going to be one of those players where, like you said, a week from now, level of competition uh, ramps up. And I want to see how he looks out there in terms of the comfort level holding his own, uh, because I, I think the Bills would like to get him onto the, into the starting lineup right out of the gate, if possible. The one thing about Torrance that I thought that he said today that was interesting and uh, shout out to Sal Capaccio, Capaccio for uh, mentioning this is, when you're when you're working with the Bills O line coach, um, he's the technique is kind of based on like your size. It's not like one mm. size fits all. Um, so he found that kind of interesting, and in, uh, that Aaron Cromer does that when he's working with the players because, in terms of sheer size and weight, and what we've what we read about him, he is a, a bigger offensive lineman. He's a smaller so. I like the fact that Cromer is working and playing to each player's strengths when he's working on techniques. And that's going to be something to monitor throughout his rookie season. Yeah, it's really interesting. And it's something that I've kind of talked about on a couple podcasts over the last or uh, radio shows over the last couple of weeks since the draft. It's like, I think when you land at a place where there's a certain profile that a lot of players, I mean, like, look at, if you look across their offensive line from Deion Dawkins all the way over to Spencer Brown, athleticism, the ability to move and be mobile as an uh, as a blocker, I feel like they've placed a premium on that. Even with yeah. the addition of Aaron Cromer on the other side of Bobby Johnson and, and how that offensive line looked under him, and I think that there's upside to Cromer, who has all of these kind of innovative ways to you know get the most out of a player, and that's exactly what Torrance said. He's like, I like playing for a coach that wants to put me in a position to be the best version of myself somehow. I think they could take pieces of what other guys on that line do well and help Torrance in that part of the game. So he doesn't always have to just be this anchor set and anchor, like in between the tackles, like always going, not being able to move around a little bit. I think that there's opportunity, especially now looking at him in person and kind of looking at that size profile where they, they might be able to get him in the training room and work on some of the agility stuff and maybe get him out in space. I mean, could you imagine his 330 pounds or whatever it ends up being, you know, coming downhill at you? I know he's a little bit flat footed. He talked about, but if, if that's something they're able to add to his repertoire, that could be a bit scary. Yeah, it'd be very scary. And uh, Roy in the comments says six, five, three forty five, And he looked small, curious. This you have to remember something though, too, when, when you're in the, the bills locker room, you're seeing these players, you know, there's guys like Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle, six, eight, um, six, you know, six, eight guys. And, um, when you're 345, yes, it sounds like a lot of weight, but a lot of these pros carry it a lot different than average Joe Schmo. Uh, so they don't look up to that playing weight too. So uh, I think Matt's just saying that, you know, you, you get us, you get something in your mind, you see the pictures of him, you see that draft picture in the suit 
where it looks like he's cradling the football, like he, he's palming that thing. Um, so it, it just he just meant that, you know, it didn't necessarily match up with like that giant maybe that he had in mind, but still a big guy at 6'5", 345 for sure. Uh, getting that. Well, he's 6'5", 330. He's 6'5", 330. Now? So let's correct okay. that. Yeah, he is 330. Um, that's yeah. his official scouting report. I don't know if what he's listed at. Maybe the Bills listed him at 345. I'm actually going to look that up real quick just to double check. Sometimes they but he definitely did time. not look 345 today. Like right. I, I, I'd be shocked if he was. So yeah. So you know that's just something there, Matt. They, there is a question in the chat that I, you know, I think. Uh, bring it up. Like, bring it up. Let's be. Yeah, let's put it right on here. They bring they the Bills list him at 330 as well. So he's okay. he's at about 330. Charles wants to know anything with the wide receivers. Charles, we got a lot on shorter and shavers. And honestly, I don't want to be hyperbolic or overreactive. You, if we tell you things in the, on these shows, you have to use a little bit of maturity and perspective <laughs> and know that, okay, what is the setting that we're talking about? It's practice. It's the first practice and there's no pads. So everything that we're taking from this, I don't think needs to be extrapolated into these big grand, um, you know, uh, definitive takes on players. Right. I will say though, today shavers jumped out at me uh, a little bit. I really was impressed with his quickness, his, um, elusiveness at the line of scrimmage, his footwork at the line of scrimmage. Like that's a big piece of being a receiver, right? Is like your ability to separate right at the line of scrimmage. And of course, separating against a lot of like tryout guys for the most part outside of like Austin and, um, um, who was the other, the, the I'm going to keep going back to this list over and over <laughs> again. Um, McMichael, those two guys, like, they were a level above what I think everybody else mm-hmm. was out there. And so, of course, Shavers is in a, in a, in a spot where, you know, he's going to look good at times. Like, we, we, we have to understand that. But I don't, I don't think Shorter looked bad. He just had – he had one really bad drop, and it was – it came at the end of a route where he really just struggled. And it was against a tryout uh, cornerback, Chris Westry, number two n- – number 22 – it was great coverage. I mean, shorter tried multiple mm-hmm. things on the route. Couldn't get, couldn't break free. And then the quarterback who I believe was Dormady at the time tried to like fit one in at the end of the play. And he did find an opening. And by the time shorter established himself, once again, he just, he couldn't bring it in and uh, hands a little bit. He had one drop in routes to, uh, versus air uh, that you're kind of like, it wasn't a great throw, but again, you want to see, the hands in those moments. It didn't just jump out. I just think in a very, very short sample size, Shavers was a little bit more impressive today to me. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm glad though you, you, you prefaced it by saying, you know, keep in mind all these things because last year, not yet rookie minicamp, but like a week for, from then. And, and uh, when all the veterans came, I remember we were talking a lot about Tavon Austin. A lot of the bills media was how great he looked, how quick he looked. Wasn't in pads. Wasn't, uh, a lot of those other factors were at play and he never ended up making that roster. So that's not to say shavers won't make this roster, won't be a, a pleasant surprise over the summer, but you have to keep everything in context, but an, a good start for shavers, uh, obviously was shorter. The bills liked him enough. You saw it in that embedded, uh, that they put out there this week where Brandon Bean literally said, yeah, hey, I'd be really excited if I could get shorter in this round. And sure enough, they did. 
The one thing uh, somebody's asking about uh, Sir Nathan in the comments about Dorian Williams. The one thing I will say about him, just observing him again, no plays of note uh, that he was in on or made that again, they're, they're not in pads, but he's definitely bigger. Like his profile is bigger than Terrell Bernard's. And I think that that's like an important differentiation and that might mean nothing. And they, that might not even be something that they value necessarily. But um, I, I, I felt like Dorian Williams looked very comfortable. I felt like he was moving around pretty well. He just didn't factor in. I do have one catch here that I got to make sure that I talked about. Shorter going one-on-one with Joe Faucha, defensive back, got bumped pretty good. He came in at the end uh, and gave uh, Shorter a really good shot, and Shorter made the catch anyway in traffic. So that was a really, really nice play from shorter. I thought that um, it was a nice way. It was towards the end of practice to end things. And I actually do have a shorter video because why not? So you give me some Kincaid. Let's give you a little shorter. Here we go. He's huge, Ryan, by the way. Like the the pictures, they do Justin Shorter justice. Uh, he was doing an interview off to the side afterwards and looking absolutely yoked. There's, I mean, Brandon talked about this too. Like there's circumstances that go into every story, right? Like he said that a lot of players, you know, they're not robots. You can't put them in these like compartments and just say they're supposed to be what they're supposed to be. Life happens. Things have opportunities happens, lack of opportunities, all these kinds of things, injuries, obviously. And I think shorter is like this, like piece of moldable clay for Adam Henry in, you know, an experienced wide receivers coach that comes in here, gets a chance to work with, of course, Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis, but guys like Justin Shorter that he can get in on the ground floor and he needs a lot of molding, right? Like he's coming in as a, a, a raw player. He didn't have a lot of production in college. Um, there's some, you know, when you're that physically gifted and, and you only able to run a four or five, five watching him run out there. You could tell why, like he, he takes like, he really lifts his legs like really high, almost like he's like churning a little bit. And I think that that might slow him down. So maybe they work on some agility things, augment his running style, maybe even to a degree. I don't know if that's even possible. Something I can talk to him about uh, or the bills about um, that could even be something, but there's, there's definitely a player worth watching here in shorter. Yeah, and again, when the Bills are taking these players on day three, they're looking at a lot of them the way that teams look at their undrafted guys. We have, The Bills have a much better roster than those bottom uh, teams drafting early where the guys at the end are going to make their 53-man rosters. The Bills are at a spot where there's no guarantee these sixth and seventh round picks are, are going to be a lot for your roster, but there's someone that you're going to want on your practice squad, a priority guy, someone that you want to develop. And yes, they've lost a few players like that uh, over the last few years because other teams then poached said players. But the, the Bills, when they draft these guys, they, they have a reason for it, and they, they believe there's some skill in there, there's some talent in there uh, that they can carve out and, and bring out and add to the uh, other talent in the room and the skill sets in the room. Um, tough day for real quick, Nick broker. Um, you know, he could play all five positions. Um, they had him in, um, 
with a bat, a couple of like just really bad snaps. Now, I have to tell you, Quentin Dormady and Jalen McClendon, again, let's go back to this. This is not Josh Allen. So there was a little bit of an exchange problem on a couple shotguns, but just like just really bad snaps and, and, and a guy that I think, you know, maybe nerves were involved. I didn't get a chance to talk to Nick. Maybe I get a chance to talk to him over the next couple of weeks, see how, uh, see how things are progressing for him. Uh, but just something worth noting that, you know, he just had a couple of just really bad snaps and it's something that, you know, we'll keep an eye on there with him. Yeah. And broker, you know, you like that he can play across those spots, but maybe he isn't as comfortable at center. Maybe he's, be- you know, he feels he's better off at guard. Nerves are a factor. I'm um, glad you mentioned the quarterbacks real quick. Are you familiar with Dormandy's story at all, Matt? Did, now, is he coming from the XFL? He is. And did you yes. did you hear what happened to him this year? No. Go ahead. Tell it. Uh, so early in, yeah, early in the season in the XFL, he got booted off of his team. And he was accused of giving the his team's plays to an opposing team, an opposing player on another team. And they did this big investigation. They finally cleared him of it, and he ended up signing elsewhere. And he had this great game when he came in. I want to say it was like a three-touchdown game, maybe four. Um, it just kind of had that – it was the most bizarre thing, though. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, he was accused of this. The team cut him right away. It was super bizarre. But he had that redemption arc, at least in the XFL, where he was able to come back into the league. I think it was after about two weeks. He was out of the league for about a two-week span there came back in and when he got to see the field, he had a really nice performance. Somebody in the comments is talking about uh, maybe should have kept uh, Dalton Kincaid slipping on his break to yourself. That's not my job there. Worldwide stepper is to uh, take, not to take video and like just put out the best ones. Like what? Like it was just a look at, at him. Yeah. He slept. I mean, it's slippery out there. I mean, it it is what it is. I I played two. uh, I'm sorry. I played the one that you didn't like. I apologize. Um, real quick here. I wanted to get to a couple other things. Um, Alex Austin looked really great. Nothing, no specific um, route or, or play to, to discuss, but I thought it was a really nice day for him just in terms of like the look of the player was where he was supposed to be. I thought he competed really well uh, on a lot of uh, routes. Maybe the ball wasn't going his direction. That's usually a good thing with a corner. Um, but I thought he had a really nice practice, and I think he's going to be – he's sneaky. One of those guys that I think is going to be like this year's – I don't want to put him in that Christian Benford because Benford just soared. I mean, he started the opener. Um, but I think he's definitely going to be – like the Bills have great eyes on day three for defensive mm-hmm. back. And I think Alex Austin, to me, he has the looks of another guy that's going to be a guy for them to watch throughout all of training camp. Yeah, I'm not going to compare him to Benford in terms of starting week one and being out there on the field, but I'm going to compare him to Benford in that he has a leg up on a lot of these other guys on this that they're at rookie minicamp. He might even have a leg up on some of the cornerbacks that are in the, in that room because he played in, in a multiple scheme in college, but they did a lot of zone defense and he looked great in zone in college. So uh, considering the bills are, are such a zone heavy team when they drafted him uh, late in the draft, I said, man, this is one of those guys again, where fits the scheme, the talents there uh, might end up being a sneaky pick for the bills. Uh, a couple more things before uh, we get out of here. Number one, London game. We didn't get too much into mm. that on the show last yeah. night. And uh, we had somebody that uh, asked us, 
our thoughts on the matchup because it is interesting. Jacksonville is going to be out there for two straight weeks. Does that provide an advantage for the Jags? I don't, I don't know how much of an advantage, if anything, it's, I'm, I'm almost wondering if that might be annoying to them. Like mm, you're, yeah. you're, you're on the road for two weeks. You're away from your family. You're away from your routine. Like the one nice thing about NFL travel is like you go to a city and then you're back within hours. Like even if you're West coast, East coast, you're still getting on a private plane. You're getting back probably, you know, in, in, in a reasonable amount of time to uh, uproot your life and be on location for two weeks. I think you can get a really annoyed, irritated Jacksonville Jaguars team that's just kind of itching to get back to the States. And, and that's fair. And you, you can argue that the facilities aren't going to be, if the practice facilities, the uh, the thing, the training things that they need throughout the week might not be as good over there, what they're used to. Um, I, I think, though, from the being adjusted to being over in the London time zone, not having that lag, and I'm sure the Bills will go early in the week where they would expect that by that Sunday that wouldn't be an issue. But being there for two straight weeks is kind of a, an advantage in that sense. Um, I, I did not like that Jacksonville was the choice because they are uh, essentially London's team. They've been playing those overseas games at least one a year for quite some time now. And it's not like they have this huge following over in London when you watch those games, there's about every NFL team represented in the stadium with jerseys. Um, but at the same time, there were so many other opponents you could have chosen for Buffalo to kind of put them in the same boat of you're traveling over at the same time, you're coming back. Um, so I, I wasn't a huge fan of it being Jacksonville for that reason, being able to be there two weeks in a row. Uh, we'll see, though, how it plays out being the second week of that stretch for them. Over 200 watching on a late Friday afternoon here. Thank you so much for uh, making us part of your day. As always, hit that like button, subscribe to the show as well. Uh, fun uh, first day of practice here. I consider rookie mini camp as part of that OT month, OTA month, right? Like where we'll get three weeks of the OTA practices, the mandatory mini camp. Uh, all of that is to come. So these these observation shows are going to be um, regular over the next uh, four weeks. One thing I do want to get into before we get out of here, Ryan, real quick, and we're going to clip this out and I'm going to publish it as a separate video so that I can point people to the video every single time, because it's something that comes up quite a bit. I mentioned it on the show a lot of times, like you and I in the jobs that we have, like we're not Bills fans. Like we grew up that way, right? Like, but something changes when you have to cover a team. And, and I think the best place to start to explain it to people, because in the comments, I, I mentioned it when you were having some internet problems yesterday in the show to Anthony when Anthony came in and I mentioned that Ryan and I aren't, aren't Bills fans either he's a Jets fan um and people in the comment you're not a Bills fan like but <laughs> people are like it, it's almost like it hurts their heart and I right. want to assure you all it's it's okay it's part of what we sign up for like the best way I can explain it is I've worked in professional sports now for 10 years five years in the UFC and now five years covering the Bills and when something is your job when you do something for like 60 hours a week, every single week, and you never, I never sit down for a football game anymore and tune in as a fan and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you didn't make that play. You got to make that play. You got to die for that catch. You got to, you got to make that tackle. I don't experience football that way anymore. When I'm watching a football game, I'm usually writing multiple stories. I'm planning for a podcast. I'm planning what I'm going to say on the radio. I'm planning questions that I'm going to ask players about their experience playing the game. 
So when you have all those things happening at one given time, it just changes the dynamic of how you experience the game. And even if I wanted to still be a Bills fan, because I do this every day for a job, it's almost not possible, even if I wanted it to be. Now, there's a caveat to this. I love Buffalo. My family, my friends, they're all Bills fans. They're all diehard Bills fans. In my heart of hearts, if the Bills win a Super Bowl, I'll be over the moon for all of you. I just I won't have experienced it the same way because um, I'm just not a fan anymore. I, I, it's my job. Yeah, I like the part that you said about our families. My full family, diehard Bills fans. So if they win a Super Bowl in in my lifetime and in their lifetimes, I'm gonna be so excited for them because they've, you know, I, I grew up during that Super Bowl era of teams that lost four in a row, and I'll be thrilled for my family. But you're right, I, I've been doing this for about a decade now, a little longer between Scout and and NYUpSyracuse.com, and you know, you go there, you're you're doing a job, you're you're not going into the locker room to uh, and and having those moments where you're like, oh, this is you know, this is so cool. No, it's a job. You're there to interview players. You go to the press. It, it's something that changes over time, and I, you know, I, I get it. it. It's it's different for Bills fans to hear that because we both grew up Bills fans. I still have uh, memorabilia from when I was a kid, like that I've passed on to my kids. One of those huddles, um, stuffed animals of the Buffalo from like the late 1980s and and stuff like that. But um, NFL football, you know, we watch the game with our eyes, looking for stories, looking for talking points and then I, I will say I'm, i do love college football i watch notre dame passionately i do yell at the tv quite a bit because it's notre dame and they they uh haven't really been able to put it together a great great season winning it all in my lifetime but I, I still have those moments but it's at the college level yeah you know the only time i'm really passionate about sports anymore um i'd say probably ub basketball although it's been a tough couple of years like when they were going to the to the um to the tournament um, all throughout their season. You know what I, really I've been into is the uh, the TBT tournament. Like when I watch the championship game, um, all of the old UB greats that, that went in there and they won that, uh, that that tournament last year, my heart was racing. Like it was, it was an awesome experience. But really watching my son play baseball, like Little League Baseball, I get, I get really like dialed up for that, obviously. But it's okay. It's just – like if it, it, another example that I can use to people, like say you just, you grow up loving planes, right? Like you got those, like you make those little planes that you kind of like uh, play with, or maybe you do remote control planes and then you get a job working on planes and then maybe you get a job flying planes and you're like your whole life, you that it's been one of your passions, right? And then after a while, you're just like, all my waking minutes are spent on planes. And what was a passionate like love affair at one time in my life. Now it's my work. It's my job every day. It just, it just changes over time. Uh, it's not a bad thing. Um, and also I don't want, want fans that think, Oh, they're not bills fans. So they can't, um, I, I don't relate to them the same way. One of the things that I think makes our coverage unique is that we come from Buffalo. We come from this culture and we cover it in a way knowing who we're covering it for. And I also say, I'm not, I also don't want to downgrade or downplay what some fans do, like Joe Marino's of the world, Bruce um, Nolan's of the world. They're awesome. They're amazing content yeah. creators. The only difference is we're in the locker room, we're talking to these players. And so there's just a different relationship between the team and us because 
we're covering it every day and, and, and kind of in the mix a little bit more where they're able to kind of watch from afar and still kind of maintain that, that, that fan experience, if you will. And they do awesome job. We have Joe on, we've had uh, Bruce on. They're awesome. Yeah. It's a different dynamic and, and there's nothing wrong with having uh, these great other options that do cheer for the bills. And, um, I see someone says, you're not really a fan of any NFL team overall. No, not right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a job. It's watching. It's looking ahead to future opponents, things like that. You can still enjoy watching a game that has nothing to do with the Bills, Sure. But no, not a fan of any other team. Uh, but like you said, because I grew up a Bills fan, when I see something on social media, when I see something, uh, elsewhere, I'll be like, man, I really think this will hit with Bills fans because I grew up a Bills fan. I, I still kind of know how mm-hmm. how they think and what they like, and and that definitely helps me from a writing perspective. He's Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We just wanted to get that out of the way because there was a lot of concerned comments last episode, and I didn't want to leave <laughs> you all hanging. I wanted to cover that um, a little bit. May twentieth, Wing Nuts. It's in the description. The link to set a reminder over on Facebook if you're interested in going. Uh, May 20th, we will be eight days. It's coming up really quick. Uh, We're going to have a fun show in person. We'll eat wings. We'll drink beers. We'll talk bills. It's going to be great. He's Ryan. I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.